The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Welcome to the Radiate Wellness Podcast. I'm your host, Christy Clemens Hoffman. Each week we will discuss tools, tips, and ways to radiate your best life ever, interviewing practitioners, authors, and luminaries to help you on your path. Wellness, joy, peace, abundance. What do you want to radiate? Hello and welcome to the Radiate Wellness Podcast. Today, we're going to radiate stress with Dr. Drayvon James. And we would think, well, why why radiate stress? Well, Dr. Dr. James is the author of uh, Freedom is Your Birthright. Um, She's an inspirational speaker and the host and founder of Everyday Peace. Everyday Peace is on Unity Radio and Everyday Peace is... uh, her, her organization. Now, we're going to talk today about how stress, about resisting stress and how we can turn stress into a, a, a good thing instead of a bad thing. So, all right. Welcome. <laughs> welcome, Dr. James. It's so good to see you again. It's good to see you too, Christine. I know it's, it's, it's interesting when we talk about stress as being a resource, right? Because we don't think of it as that, do we? <laughs> it's kind of like, what? <laughs> <laughs> I know. I had the thought to, to radiate stress today and I thought, wait a minute. No. Yeah, let's do that because it, it doesn't have to be such a bad thing. Right. You know, and that's kind of how it you know, started with me. I started looking at, you know, the amount of stress I had in my life a few years ago, and it was abundant, as I'm sure that it is in many people's life. And, you know, I believe and I teach my clients that work with my clients that we use everything that shows up in our life, the good, the bad, everything to help us reach our next level of greatness. So at this point in my life, a lot of stress was showing up. And I said, well, it's here. You know, and what am I going to do with it? And as I started really noticing my conversations with people and working with my clients, I realized that stress is the most abundant resource on the planet. There is no shortage of stress. So if everything is energy, then there must mean there's no shortage of energy. It happens to be our beautiful job, our journey, our experience 
it, it, what do they say? You know, our mission, if we choose to accept it, right? <laughs> mission impossible, right? But to transmute that stress energy into life affirming energy. So that's what I started doing in my life a number of years ago and started helping my clients do because one thing you're never going to have to go through your day and say, oh my gosh, where is all the stress? You, uh, you only need to pause for a second. And you're like, oh yeah, there it is. So how do we take, you know, it's, it, what do we do with that? It's there. It's there for our using. It's just energy. And we can make the decision to refocus that energy and make it creative energy. Absolutely. Okay. So refocusing that energy, which feels like nervous tension. It feels like nervous energy. It feels like agitated energy. How do we turn that into something creative and something positive? Right. And you're right. It feels it feels frustrating, right? Now, let me just go back just a little bit that if we really, and I, so I'm excited to hear, say this, and I hope that someone that I had a conversation with watches and listens to this podcast. It was just a conversation yesterday and uh, we were talking about stress. And I told him, I said, you know, behind stress, is fear. So the root cause of stress is fear. And we know that not all stress is bad stress. If you're planning a wedding or uh, planning a big celebration or or planning for a baby, right? all those events are stressful, right? But it's, you're happy. You want, you want the baby. You want the wedding. You want the move. You're happy about it, but it's stress. And so when you think about it, it's those cause stress in your life. When you think about it, where is that stress coming from? It's this fear that's running in this brain. You know, the most uh, advanced technology on the, on the planet is the brain, but also the most primitive, right? So the brain has this lack mentality or something. It's in there, something that it's afraid of, afraid of something not being good enough. You know, it's not enough. There's not enough of this. There's not enough. You're not good enough. You're going to fail. People won't show up. You know, you're not smart enough. The brain is always preparing us in that way saying, you know, I want to protect you from these potential failures. And that creates fear, right? Right. Yeah. Isn't that amazing when you think about it that way? So, you know, it's just fear running in the background, fear that your good event is not going to go as good as you thought, or Fear that you're not your unwanted event is going to go really, really bad. It's going to get. It's never going to go away, and we know that really isn't true. Life is a cycle. So we're talking about how to take this energy and how to transmute it. And the one thing, the question that we need to refocus in our life, in our mind, is the "what if" question, right? Because we we usually say, you know, what if what if the worst happens? What if the worst happens? What if the worst happens? You know, but what if the best happens? What if this event that seems so horrible that's causing you all of the stress what if it were the catalyst for something great to happen in your life absolutely right we can reframe it yeah it's just a matter of you know it's still the the event is still the event right and i love these you know these phrases that pop up in my head I remember from um, Dragnet, they would say, only the facts, man, just the facts, right? Remember that show way back when? <laughs> so I tell people, we're not, I'm not saying to anyone to um, become delusional. The facts are the facts. Whatever's happening in your, in your life is happening. Those are the facts. It just, we don't have to put any emotion behind it. The emotion will come organically, but those are the facts. So we're not trying to lie about the facts. Or those are the facts. What we're saying is that we don't know, and I think we all can admit to this, we don't know what those facts, what the impact of those facts are going to have in our life long range, right? 
We don't know. It could be that you're being, I'm being set up for a, the best position ever. You know, I, in 2015, I lost my job. And in 2015, I got diagnosed with an autoimmune disease. And in 2015, my 20-year marriage, you know, just went kaput. <laughs> and 2015 was the year of reckoning for me, right? Yes, but all of those things, and, and through that process, I kept reminding myself, even though it was painful, I'm human like everybody else, and, you know, I had all, all the emotions that a person could have, the, the fear, the anxiety, the stress, but my self-talk was, what if this is a catalyst for you to walk into the, the best season of your life? And I, it would kind of lull me into a gentle sleep at night when I would just think about that. I'd, I'd reframe my, my, my self-talk and refocus my thinking on, you're right, I don't know how this is going to end up. It, do, it surely doesn't feel good to be in this position. Right. But I do know some things about life, that life is cyclical, right? That no, trouble doesn't last always. We all heard that phrase. Right? And on the other side of this is something beautiful. And I wonder what that is. Absolutely. Turning the worry into curiosity, right? Curiosity is creative. We become curious, we become creative. We were talking about our children and Mother's Day. And you think about when your children were small, when they, they were curious about everything. And they're so creative. We have that same magic, the same power within us. Oh, we sure do. We sure do. So <clears throat> when we feel stress, you know, whether good or bad stress, we try to resist it, right? Mm -hmm. We try to, we try to like stuff it down. No, I'm okay. We try to lacquer it over. We try to, you know, paint it with a positive light, et cetera. We, try, we resist it. But what does that do to us when we resist mm -hmm. the stress? So here's another one of those, I don't know, euphemisms we can call them. But when, whatever we resist in our life, resistance takes focus. In order to resist something, you have to focus on, I'm not going to focus, you know, I'm not going to think about pink bunnies, right? You say that to yourself a thousand times and you end up thinking about pink bunnies. So it's the same thing with our stress. I'm not going to think about this event that's stressing me out. And then you end up thinking about it. You, you, now you're thinking about not thinking about it. So what you're focused on in life, you draw more of that kind of energy in your life. So the trick is really to say, okay, here it is, to acknowledge it. Become aware, first of all. You're aware that you feel stress. Be aware. Spend time in our bodies understanding what we are feeling. And you don't have to know the why immediately. Just, we're just aware, I'm feeling stress. Once we become aware that we're feeling stress, the idea is not to try to, oh, I'm gonna resist stress. It's to start becoming curious. Where's that stress coming from? We just learned that um, the, the foundation, the core of stress is fear. What am I, what am I afraid of is gonna go wrong here? What am I afraid that I don't have enough of, right? We just start watching that, right? And realizing that now when you start watching it, I call that shining the light of awareness on it. It is the polar opposite of resistance, right? Because now we're just standing in this place of awareness and we're looking at it. And when you, it's like turning the light on. Remember we were small children, we would think something was underneath the bed. And the minute your mom came on, turned the light on, you're like, oh, there's nothing underneath the bed, right? You realize <laughs> that there's no boogeyman. The same thing with these fear and this anxiety and the stress. When we do this resisting thing, it's like sitting in the bed, you know, with our 
fingers in our mouth and, you know, shivering and thinking there's something scary there. When you turn the light on, you realize, oh, there is a situation. But once I face it and face it head on, just allowing myself to realize and become aware that it exists, it doesn't feel as um, insurmountable. Right. You now realize, okay, I see this. I can see it from all angles. I either can decide that I need to take action or, you know, whatever that should be. Should I just wait it out? We can now think more clearly when we're saying that, no, I'm not going to sit in this place of resisting uh, what is. The facts are the facts. If that situation is there and you're feeling uh, stressed about it, we're not going to rush to, no, we're not even going to rush to res- rush to resolution. Being in the space of awareness, honoring yourself for being honest with yourself. Isn't that amazing? Being honest with ourselves. It's so amazing. We don't do that too often because we're ashamed. You know, here we are, you know, we figure I should I shouldn't be stressed about this. Or we, we go into this immediate um with the resistance is the shame. You know, I'm a, I, I shouldn't be feeling this way. I shouldn't be scared, but I am. It's okay to honor that. We're human. Right. Move. Avoid resistance. Just lean into it. Become aware of it. And then when you do that, you'll realize that the fear starts to dissipate because we're in the light of awareness. Yes. Oh, I love that. I love that being in the light of awareness. It's mindfulness, really, mm-hmm. is being mindful. Mm-hmm. Just be mindful and, and not rushing towards resolution because that's a whole nother stress, right? Once we realize that we have a situation, then we rush, in, rush into this trying to solve it. We're not ready for that. We're just ready to be aware and acknowledge and, and be in that space for a little while. Right. Right. Now, I know you've got a background in film and television. Yeah. Then quite a bit of it. Performance, right? Performance, yes. And, and I've also written a couple screenplays and put some movie, theater stuff together, done some movies that I've written and directed and produced. When do you sleep? I know. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I know. But, you know, I think we, when you're doing your passion, you know, um, what, is it, what does it say? Life makes room for your passion, right? It doesn't, when it doesn't feel like work, you find time. Right, right. But so what was, what got me thinking is that um, I've done quite a bit of theater, some, a little bit of film and television as well. And I, I always get stage fright. And what is that? But stress, right? Mm-hmm. But I find that it gives me the energy to give a great performance. Right. We learn that in theater, right? Um, is that because this is live, there will be no take, retakes, right? <laughs> exactly. So one of the things you do is you use everything that, that shows up in your body. You use everything when you get on that stage. Mm-hmm. With the lines or without the lines, because you never know how, how the actor is going to give you that next line. But when you show up and you're present in that moment and you use your stage fright, you use all of that. It works. Exactly. It makes us human. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, I get, I mean, I don't necessarily trust actors who don't have that stage fright. Right. Right, right, because they're they're in this place of su- suppression. So we're talking about acting. I tell people it is the the realest I think um, a person could ever be because it it requires such an authentic showing up in your truth. 
in that moment, right? And that's why I love the live theater because the same character every night is different when you play. Is you show up, you're different every day. So that character is a little bit different than the day before, a little bit different. That, that's what's so beautiful about live theater. It's always different night after night. Same lines, right? Mm-hmm. Same lines, the same set is up there. But because we show up different, our day was different before we got there to that performance. And we bring all that energy and, 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 and mixed in that is, you know, the thrill of the audience and, and the stage fright and playing off of the energy of the other people. And that's really what life is, except for, you know, we don't have to like scripting it out for us. <laughs> well, I think that stage fright just makes us a bit more aware and a bit more in tune with what's going on around us. Yeah, I can remember when I started acting in theater and being so present, I was in the middle of doing a scene with somebody and I could actually, it was the weirdest feeling in the world, but I was talking, but I, it was like, I felt like it was just rolling around in a hollow space in my head and I could hear the sound like in, somewhere in this hollow space. And I thought to myself in the middle of the scene, I said, that's really interesting. I've never heard that before. <laughs> and my whole, so afterwards, um, the person I was doing the scene with said, you never had that expression before. It kind of threw me for a moment. But that's because I was so present in that moment that I was actually hearing the sound like come back to me from my own voice. It was the most incredible experience, almost like an out-of-body experience, but I was just so present in that moment, like almost watching myself do the scene. Isn't that interesting? Yeah, I had a, a performance one time. I felt my heart so connected to everybody in the audience that it just kind of took my breath away. Yes, that's that is to me the highest form of presence. You know, you really get that in live theater. You are just so present. You know, whether you have the line or you don't have the line, every little thing catches your attention. You're like, okay, I'm so in this moment. Absolutely. And I think that I mean, we don't have to be on stage to have that happen with stress. Right? Right. Sometimes mm-hmm. it happens all of the time. Walking into a meeting sometimes, you know, I'm in meetings at the hospital where I work and you'll walk in and, you know, you'll, there's a part of you that you, you want to show up and you want to do a great job. And sometimes you're in that meeting. There's a part of you that's just for me. I'll speak for me. That says, do I am I really sure about this? Or, you know, you feel so heavy that the the service that you're providing is going to impact the lives of other people. And that sense, and I think that's humanity and that's compassion too, that you feel this sense of um, fear that maybe there's a better way, but you, you got to make a decision and you have to move forward and you learn to live in that place and say, I, in this moment, I'm showing up as the best that I am in this moment. Yes, yes. Yeah. Right. And we, we allow that that stress, that heightened awareness to kick in. And, um, you know, just got, I don't know, sometimes it gives you more energy to do what you need to do. And, and, and it should. I know for some people, when you're just starting out, it, they get stalled out by it and they feel like they can't move forward. But it's not really meant to do that. I think that it, it's that's energy. And we just have to learn how to harness it because it's like um, being, you know, handling a car that goes from, you know, zero to 60 and, you know, faster than the car you're usually driving. For a moment, it takes your breath away. And you're like, what? 
right? But then you, then you settle into it and you realize that I can do this. And it just takes practice. Practice being aware that, yes, I am stressed. I, this is stress. This is what it feels like. It's not meant to stop me because here's the thing about stress too, is when stress causes hyper focus, it is the most focused. That, that is it. Are you kidding me? And that is such a wonderful skill to have, to be able to focus intently on the task at hand or whatever that is. However, the the negative, the dark side of that, if you will, is that unfortunately, most of the time when we're in stress, we're so hyper-focused on worrying about the lack, whatever, the lack of knowledge, the lack of money, the lack of you know sureties. And it's just a little tiny tweak in our frame of thinking to be really hyper-focused on the, what if this works out for my good? Just a little bit. Focus on being curious, just being curious, not putting the pressure on you and knowing the answer, just being curious of what if this works out for my good better than I could have possibly ever imagined. You can see how the energy around that changes. Instead, you're hyper-focused, you're stressed, you're already hyper-focused, but focus in that way, just being curious. Yeah, walk walk me how we can make that shift. Oh, self-talk. Self-talk is so important. And here goes another story. In the beginning of my career, career, and for a lot of my career, I worked in um, mental institutions as a consultant pharmacist. And I would be around patients all the time who talked out loud to themselves. And it started making me really pay attention, right? To to them, but mostly to myself. And so they, I felt, gosh, they're so honest. They talk their thoughts outward. And then sometimes they're like, oh my goodness, I can't believe they said that. But then it made me become very, very aware of what I was saying to me in my head. I wasn't honest enough to say those words out loud, but some of that self-talk was really brutal that I was putting on myself. Oh, you can't do it. You don't know the answer. You've messed, you've, you've failed before. You'll probably fail again. So becoming aware of what we are telling ourselves. Are we our best friend or are we a friend of me? You know, that, that enemy pretending with a smile, but really telling, saying all the bad things behind our back, right? Become totally aware of what your self-talk is. And in your moments of stress, in your moments of stress, try, I have a journal, I'm just going to grab it, but I keep a little, a little book, really, really, this little tiny book here. <laughs> and I write down stuff all day long, like, especially when I get stressed, I'll just start writing stuff out. And Pay attention to it. I, I write what I'm feeling. What am I, you know, the, you know, that is coming from a place of self-talk, what I'm telling myself about me, about my abilities, right? Yes. Write it out so that you can see it. And that way, stress is coming again. We're not going to be surprised. It's coming again. Carry something where you can just jot down what, 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 you, what your thoughts are. As you do that, then consciously go and do the exact opposite of what you wrote down. You know, this is the worst day of my life. Write down, then this is the best day of my life. Write that right beside it, right? Constantly reframing because we don't know. We don't. All we know is what we feel right now. And and we do know this, that the brain, we we could easily put the word ego in the place of the word brain, but it's very 
very much wants to protect us. And it uses all of our past experiences to do that. So if something shows up in our life, it goes through this catalog really, really fast. And it says, oh, you don't like that. Oh, you're, you're afraid of that. You're, you failed at that before. And it brings all that memory to the forefront. We have to take dominion or command over that and say, yes, but this could be. We don't know the future. Right? We have all of our power is to reframe our thinking in this moment. So self-talk is so very important. And I don't mean self-talk by denying what is. I mean self-talk by talking about, you know, I, admitting to ourselves, I don't know the impact of this. And it could work out for my good. It could. And no matter what, I'm going to make it through this. Yes. Isn't that beautiful? It is beautiful. I mean, you think back of, of some of the stressful events that you've had in your life and you realize I'm still here. Right. Right. The sun came up. Yeah. I still woke up in the morning. Right. And I thought that was the worst day of my life. Right. So having a bit of perspective about that. It really does. And if you keep a little journal, because I go back and I, I'll read through what I wrote last month and you realize, oh, my gosh, and you, you look at the date because I, I date mine. You don't have to, but I do. And I'm like, oh, just four weeks ago, I thought that. Right. And that situation resolved itself, even without me having to be really involved in the resolution it resolved itself either it changed or i changed either way i'm feeling much like the victor over that yes right? yeah and you know things people things circumstances come in at our lives and move out of our lives all of the time we realize that gosh i was so heartbroken when that left but i'm okay now so that gives us proof positive that these things have not come to destroy us. Whatever is stressing us, if, if it's because uh, it's something that we don't want to show up in our life, realize it hasn't come to destroy us. It's come to help us to grow and develop skills that we're going to need in order to do things that we've never even dreamed of doing, but are going to be asked of us in this life's journey. So that's really what that is. And understanding self-talk is so very important. We have to let we have to stop letting stress cause us to get into a place of scaring ourselves even more. You know, we're stressed about something and then we start telling ourselves the worst possible story about that. We don't, that process, and we do that as part of the brain trying to protect us, right? But it's the brain or the ego, and I, I like to use the word ego. The ego has the intellect of a two-year-old, right? It, it means it has so, such good, mean, uh, well-meaning in its efforts, but it really cannot in and of itself help us to get to a healthy resolution to anything. It throws temper tantrums. It gets angry. It overreacts. It's for us to sit down and say, okay, this is what's going on. I do feel stress. I do feel sadness. I do feel fear. But what I do know is I've had these feelings before and I have survived and even thrived after having them. Write down your self-talk, practice self-talk. Affirmations are so important. Speaking our affirmations in the present moment, so very important. So in this moment, I am curious about a positive outcome in this moment i am expecting a positive outcome in this moment i am expecting growth and development from this 
from this event that's going on in my life. None of those statements are challenging us to a resolution. It's just challenging us, challenging us to be present in our self-talk. Support for the Radiate Wellness Podcast is made possible in part by listeners like you. Would you like to support this podcast? Visit radiatewellnesscommunity.com slash podcast for more information. I love that. I love that. You know, I'm reminded, and I'm reminded of this frequently, actually, um, my neighbors down the street, their their grown daughter had died um, suddenly of an epileptic, epileptic attack or seizure. And they knew that they were going to get a call one day. It was probably going to happen. Um, but they had to, you know, realize that she needed to go out on her own and be her own person. And so um, they didn't try not to stress too much. But they, they fully expected when the phone rang in the middle of the night it to be bad news. And one night it was. And at her funeral, um, Reverend Cleaver, who's our, also our congressman, he he preached the, the funeral. And he told the story from a people of somebody being in a a fight of being robbed and mugged in the in um you know in biblical times and afterwards saying okay i just got the snot beat out of me what is my blessing please god you promised there would be a blessing in everything what is my blessing and so just thinking about okay well what could be the blessing mm-hmm. from this woman's life and her brother actually said well now we don't have to worry in the middle of the night about her anymore. Mm-hmm. So there's going to be, you know, even a sad thing like that, there's going to be a blessing in everything. And that's part of this beautiful journey called life, right? Is that that's ours to do. That's ours to do. Life is a bit of a jigsaw puzzle, right? These things happen and you say, what is it in here that I can find? that is meant to service me. And I appreciate that story so much because I recently lost my mom quite unexpectedly. And, um, you know, and that journey, talking, self-talking myself through each day, you know, sometimes five minutes at a time. And one day this week, in fact, I was saying to myself as I was getting ready for work and I said, you know, what is, you know, the blessing, what is, where is my point of, point of growth in this, you know, in this loss? And I said, well, you know, as I was getting dressed, you know, it is the natural order of things, if we're lucky that a child buries their parent, but at least, you know, my mom, you know, didn't have to suffer long and, you know, all of that stuff. And you go through that, but, and you think to yourself, that it sounds so cliche, but it does help to reframe and look for, the blessing. And sometimes you've got to look longer and harder than other times in certain situations. That's true. You know, we get we get a lot of practice of looking for the silver lining, but it is there. It is there, no matter how slight. And every little bit, every little bit of work that we do towards that really helps to strengthen our resilience. Yes, absolutely. And there's always going to be a blessing somewhere. And sometimes it may feel like we're just trying to slap a happy face on it, but I would just say wait until the true blessing comes, and it could be 
a while before we realize what the blessing is. Yeah, yeah. But but just just knowing that we're open to seeing it when we can see it, because it is, and that, that's why I always go back to just the facts, man, with the dragnet quote, quote because I, there is no rush. We, you know, we always want to rush to resolution. We just need to be present and let life flow. It will, if we allow emotions to flow through us, no emotion has come to take residence in us forever. That's not why it's, why it's there. It comes to, for, for us to acknowledge it in that moment, right? Because all these emotions are like, there's a rainbow of emotions. If we're lucky, we're going to experience every last one of them in our lifetime, multiple times. We acknowledge it. It makes us empathetic. It makes us compassionate, right? If yeah. we let that emotion go, we cycle to the next emotion, just in the state of awareness. Yes. I love that. Absolutely. Um, and so I know that you've got um, ideas for coping strategies for dealing with stress. Um, so why, why are coping strategies for dealing with stress um, could leave us anxious and feeling incomplete? Yeah. Again, that goes back to when we're when we're doing the coping strategies and I am so for coping strategies for many, many years. I've been a pharmacist for 31 years. And for many years, I would sit across from a patient and we talk about their medication and we get to a point about monitoring your stress. And what I would see happen to their face is that they would get so they would just be stricken with stress. You know what I would say that, you know, manage your stress. And that would just make them feel so stressful because what would flash in their minds often oftentimes is that, how can I manage my stress? I have this, I have that, I have this, I have that. And now you're telling me, so it's like, okay, all right. So that sometimes can be very stressful to people, just telling them just to manage their stress. What I now tell people is let's take one step at a time. You know, let's take one step at a time. What do you think you could make breathing exercises part of your normal activity? Because we're already breathing, could you spend two seconds a day being conscious of your breath? Simply, you know, nothing complicated. Could you remember to do, to breathe in, deep breath in to the count of four, hold for the count of four, and then a complete exhale through the mouth to the count of four? Could you do that three or four times a day? Sure. Right? Because so oftentimes we're not, you know, we're holding our breath, we're clenched up. Could you do that? And then people say, oh, yes, I could do that. And that's quite different than saying, I'm going to give you a list of things that I need you to do to manage your stress, right? I'm going to need you to be in bed by 8.30 every night. And you tell that to a mom who's got three small kids and she's like, huh? Yeah. I'm already, she's already, that just heightened her stress right away, right? So instead of that, I think go slow, right? Have a loving approach to yourself. Be kind to yourself. What could you do to be kind to you today? How could you be kind to you today? For some people, that's, can you remember to take a lunch break today because you're working so hard? Can you set a timer on your phone, uh, you know, to remind you to take a lunch break? Could you set a timer for breathing exercises? Would that be okay? Could you watch a little less television and maybe get to bed 15 minutes earlier tonight? You know, we're not asking you to change your whole routine, just small adjustments. And the body plays huge dividends on these small adjustments showing these small acts of kindness towards yourself. It doesn't have to be these big overtures, you know, because the truth of the matter is, from a physiological standpoint, that sustained periods and heightened stress will have a negative impact on the body, right? 
you know, increased autoimmune diseases are directly related to, uh, uh, to stress levels. So we want to make sure that we're managing it and we are taking those stress levels and transmuting it to creative life energy is what I call that. So we're moving into this place of curiosity about everything, but we can't do it all in one day. That's, that's unrealistic, right? Especially if you've been a type A personality all of our life. Just being aware without shame or condemnation, without feeling, you know, it's very stressful for people to, for you to tell people that you've been doing it wrong forever. Oh, my goodness. That's stressful to hear. Right. So even that coping mechanism is too much. It's small adjustments, very small, loving adjustments, you know, being kind to herself and remembering here is the big one that I think is so helpful for people. Remembering to be kind to yourself first. Because it is from that kindness well that we put in ourselves that we can be kind and gentle to other people, right? So remembering to be, is this kind towards me? Is this kind? Just asking yourself that question. Said so no, it would be it would be much kinder if you maybe um, uh, excuse yourself from this conversation and took a five minute fresh air break. Just remembering to be kind to yourself, just like you're going to be kind to a child, starting to treat yourself in that kind, childlike manner, very gentle and kind to yourself, right where you are, little bits every day. Right. Well, when we take care of our children, those of us who have children, we take care of our children. We know that they're better when they're when they're rested, when they're fed, when they are relaxed and when they're doing things they enjoy. And yet we sometimes wear it as a badge of honor to deny ourselves these things. Right. The very same things. Yes. And then we're expecting top, you know, top grade behavior or activity from ourselves. And the body's like, are you kidding me? You haven't given me more than three hours of sleep a night in the last two years. Exactly. You know, I used to work in corporate America and it was seen as a badge of honor to take your laptop home for the weekend. So I was here until six o'clock last night. Oh, luck, you're lucky I was here until eight o'clock last night. Wow, you're dedicated. <laughs> and and it's, so, it's so interesting because it, corporate America has not changed at all. It is just the same way, right? But we, we, you know, that institution doesn't change unless we as individuals change. And we talk a lot about, you know, uh, work-life balance, right? We talk a lot about that. But until somebody says, you know, this I've given it my I've given it my all today, and now it's time for me to give it my all in another arena, right? In in the everyday peace philosophy that I teach, I said, you know, I think of life as a pyramid um, on three sides: health, wealth, and relationship, and I want them to be in harmony, right? And so there's a time and you know to for me to focus on the health and there's a time for me to focus on wealth, you know, work and there's a time for me to focus on relationships and all that happens has to happen in the course of a 24 hour day. Right. So when you're at work and you're doing the work thing, you know, you're there. And when it's time for home and relationship building and you're there and and, in the midst of all of that, we've always got to prioritize our health because this journey ends if we don't prioritize our health. Right. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. And so we sometimes treat ourselves in a way that we would not treat anybody else. Yeah. Right. With our self-talk. We were, you were talking about self-talk. We talk to ourselves in such a terrible way. We would never speak to another person 
Yeah. Or probably we wouldn't even be friends with a person who talked to us that way, right? Right, right. Exactly. <laughs> not be friends with another woman who said the cruel things that we say to ourselves sometimes, right? And that's why I love to keep that little journal that I showed you. I love taking that little notebook with me and just jotting down, you know, especially when I'm tense. What is the story that I'm telling myself about me in this moment? And would I be friends with me if someone was sitting across from me saying, hey, Drayvon, well, you know what? You you weren't good at this last year. You're not good at it. You're not any better at it today. I'm sorry. This friendship is probably needs to end, right? So I, I reframe that for myself. And I love this. Uh, somewhere I picked up this exercise and I just thought it was brilliant to go all the way to the opposite end of the spectrum. And then I kind of uh, end up in the middle somewhere, which is probably pretty accurate. I said, oh, no, you're great at this now. Right. And I'll write that in the journal. And then this sense of calm and, and uh, realistic thinking comes over my mind. You know, well, you may not be great at it, but you're not horrible at it either. So, oh. Wow, you're right. <laughs> it sort of it brings it into harmony, and you get a more realistic approach. It's like, no, I'm not. I'm not the top notch at it, but I'm not. I'm not the bottom of the barrel either, you know. And there's always room for growth and development. And in this space, when I do that, now I'm in a place where I can receive and I can do better. And I'm in my creative space without being in this place of judgment. That so uh, that place of judgment is it's it's paralyzing. Yes, absolutely. Um, I've heard somebody say, can't remember who, that the that judging voice in your head is the voice of your mother. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh yes, mothers get such a bad rap. We're really good people. <laughs> we mean well, don't we? We mean well. That's part of, you know, and it's so funny. I have a 20-year-old and an 18-year-old now, and I just cringe at some of the stuff that I was fearful about. And, uh, yeah. you know, when you're fearful, here's the here's the thing. When we're fearful, our words come out that way too. You know, we're speaking. Yeah. It's fear is just it, it alienates and moves things in the wrong direction. But we're human and we learn, and that's why it's so good to have this forgiveness and forgiving ourselves. But you're right that that, and you, I guess that's how to turn and say, "Mom, I got this." <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know you mean well, but I got this. <laughs> love this I love this yes and so um I know you've got several ways to turn stress into peaceful moments oh, so what yeah. are your top three okay top three number one is body scans number one Ooh, I recommend do you me too I love them I recommend doing body scans at least three times a day um if you can and it's really really simple the way I do it I really just sit somewhere I put my feet flat on the floor and I start by acknowledging every part of my body I start at the soles of my feet and I just pay attention are my feet you know how do my feet feel you know am I holding any stress here I don't even ask if I'm holding any stress there honestly I just say how do my how my feet feeling and I pay attention right and I go up to my ankles and my calves and my knees and my thighs and I go all the way up to get to the crown of my head and ask how's my head feeling and as I'm as I'm doing that I'm not really asking my brain to respond right I really am waiting for feeling and sensation in my body 
because the body doesn't lie, right? And I'll tell you, I was doing this exercise at last last week at work, and my jaw kept clenching, like just really clenching. And mm-hmm. you know, and uh, as I was doing the exercise, and I did it a couple times, and I I never stopped to ask why. I just kept paying attention to my jaw, just kept getting tighter and tighter. And I thought, what's going on? And for and then it occurred to me, I had been at work for almost seven hours and I had not eaten or taken a bathroom break. And it was my body saying, thank you. I'm I'm glad you're paying attention to me because I'm hungry. I need to do these things. And so just doing that, right? I saved myself because what happens when we don't eat, right? We, you know, we get full of fear and anxiety and stress. Everything seems heightened, right? Mm -hmm. So doing body scans is a way initially to recognize sneaky stress operating in the background, like a computer virus that you don't even know what's going on. So those body scans really, really work. Just going in, asking yourself, how am I feeling at this point? What does this feel like? What does that feel like? And just paying attention, right? The number two thing that I like to do to help cope with stress Mm -hmm. is fresh air every day. I know we're still, you know, not out and about like we used to be. You don't need to get around other people. In fact, if you just could get out and stand on your front porch, look up at the sky, see the vastness of the universe, right? And what just doing that in nature, even if you're not a nature porch person, I'm not saying go out in the woods or anything, just get out, look up at the sky. Yeah. Feel the wind on your face, the sun on your face, right? The body responds to that. It does. Right. It is just amazing. It is just amazing, right? I can't tell you in healthcare how many prescriptions we fill for vitamin D because people, we're so vitamin D deficient in our society, right? But that getting out in nature absolutely helps. And the number three we already talked about is becoming aware of your self-talk. Stop scaring yourself with your self-talk. Stop condemning yourself with your self-talk. Be more loving. Be the mom you always wanted to have, right? Be that encouraging, even a little bit indulging mother to yourself. I love that. That just kind of that that struck a chord with me. Don't scare yourself. Yeah. You Don't know? we do that? We do it all of the time. Oh, this is gonna be bad. You know, we tell ourselves that story. No, you're writing the book. You tell yourself a different story. Yes, I love this. You know what I love best is that you're a pharmacist yeah. talking to people about this. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Because stress is the cause for so many diseases and disorders in the body yes yes you know we cannot live at this heightened level of stress and and we start off talking about stress is the most abundant resource on the planet so we know we are going to experience it so we need to know how to deal with stress so that it doesn't just have its way with our life right because we don't want diabetes we don't want high blood pressure we don't want those things to happen to us because we're overstressed but if you think about you know just living your life like a tiger is chasing you every day, every night. Insomnia, I cannot tell you how many insomnia medications are filled on a daily basis. People can't can't even get rest in their sleep. They can't even sleep at the end of the day because they're so revved up with stress. 
disconnect as much as you possible possibly can from social media. I love social media as much as the next person, but we need to turn off sometime so we can tune into ourselves. Absolutely. Right, right, right. Um, so I, I just think it's it's wonderful that a pharmacist is doing this. Do you do you catch any flack at work for talking to people about, about stress? Yeah. Not really, because, you know, the wellness has caught on everywhere. I think we're at a place, and I've been, I've been a pharmacist for 31 years, and 31 years ago, it may have been like, what? I can't believe, you know, you know, talk about just the medication. But now we've come to a place where we understand that it's not all one or the other, right? Uh, if you're taking medication for stress, that's wonderful. C- continue to do what your, what your provider wants you to do. But they'll also, most providers will tell you that they want you to incorporate wellness and mindfulness into your daily activities because it goes hand in hand, right? And you'll find that um, the goal is not to be on... Um, the stress medication for life is to develop coping mechanisms. And even if you do find yourself having to be on, you know, low grade prescription for an extended period of time, you'll find that you'll get better results when you mix in the mindfulness. Absolutely. And I do think the pendulum is swinging, you know, back to that way. Yeah. Because we do see these reminders, even the insurance companies and yes. Right. That was a big switch, right? Because there was a time when that did not happen. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. They're becoming a much more aware. We're becoming much more aware that we really want to be proactive. There's even, you know, uh, programs now at the hospital that um, where you can come and just do mindfulness, right? Mm-hmm. So we can be proactive instead of reactive, right? We, you know, we know that when you're more mindful, your diet is more and your exercise, you're more apt to exercise. You're more at when you're talking things out, when you're self-talking, your self-esteem are intact. There are certain uh, activities that you're less likely to engage in that could be harmful to your health. Absolutely. Right. When you can manage that stress, you're not stress eating, you're not stress drinking as much. You're, mm-hmm. you know, getting adequate sleep, uh, et cetera, right. et cetera. Right. So, yeah. So, yeah. Pharmacists nowadays are a, a lot more uh, up to date in our, in our conversations. And, you know, even though drug therapy is we're so blessed to have that as an option, but it is not the only option. Right. 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 And I do feel like, we, you know, we've we're in this covid chapter of all of our lives right now and when it first started i was talking to my guides just you know what i was talking about with reverend cleaver it's like where's the blessing in this what is my blessing and they said you know what you guys co-created this my guide said you know what you all co-created this you couldn't keep up your pace you couldn't keep doing going like you were you know, hearing you say that really resonates with my heart because I have been using um, Charles Dickens. Uh, it is the best of times. It is the worst of times when I talk about the COVID-19 pandemic because it was, has been the worst of times when I think about the lives that have been lost. And, you know, and that is just heart wrenching. But it is the best of times when I think about the re pacing of the world and and the repacing of me that my pace has slowed down to the point where I'm able to hear internally more I'm you know moving at a slower pace and that's good that is good going to bed at night at a more reasonable hour that is good you know spending more time in our homes how amazing is that 
that is good. These are good things. Getting to know our neighbors more, that is good. So reconnecting as people. You know, it almost reminds me of the time like when, when I was a young girl and my grandmother would say, just come out here and sit on the porch with me. And I would think to myself, and do what? <laughs> right. <laughs> right. But it was so much, after a while, you just settled into it and you just felt good. And I found myself doing that a lot last summer, just sitting on the porch, just mm-hmm. sitting. And it felt good. Yes. Your neighbors were out walking and you got to meet them and talk to them. And mm-hmm. absolutely. I love that. It was the best of times. It was the, it was the worst Work. of times and the best of times. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. It's a tale of two cities. And I think that is so true. You know, um, something good has come out of this. I think we're able, at least I can speak for myself. I'm able to hear that small voice within myself a lot more clear now. And it's not so scary. I'm like, yep. But that intuitive voice that says, yeah, this is what you need to try. This is what you need to do. And stepping out on faith and doing that. And just that whole, there's so much in stillness to be gained. Absolutely. Absolutely. And we don't have to be afraid of stress. Yeah. No. Yes. We do not have, there is nothing to fear. We've, we've come, even the things we've never seen before, right? We have come equipped to first just stand in awareness and shed the light of awareness on the situation. Once we do that, that ignites, that ignites this creativity in us, just being aware. Not and standing, you know, standing here and saying, I will I won't shut my eyes to this. I won't resist it. You know, I'm here. I'm in the I'm, I'm here to acknowledge, to honor myself in this moment. I love that. I love that. Well, Dr. James, thank you so much for joining me today to talk about the positive power of stress and how we can turn stress everyday stress. <laughs> you, I know you've got the show Everyday Peace, so I can say we also have everyday stress. Yeah, yeah. And so turn our everyday stress into something positive, creative. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Isn't it beautiful? We have that power. Thank you for having me on. Oh, absolutely. Now, um, you've got a lot of things going on. So how can we find you online, find your books, find your radio show? Oh, wonderful. Thank you for asking. So my website, brand new website, we just redid the whole website. So please check it out. It is www.doctor, that's D-R, Drayvon. My name is D-R-A, B for victory, O-N, james.com. So on my website, you'll find out all about my happenings, my radio program, um, Dr. Drayvon James, Everyday Peace, airs every Monday on the unityonlineradio.org network. And if I may offer your audience a free gift, we are giving away um, seven days of passion, learning and discovering your passion. Wouldn't life be so great if we lived in our passion? So it is a free um, seven day online course. You can either go to my website or if you don't want to do that, you can just email DrayvonJames at gmail.com and put the word free in the subject line and that'll be um, emailed to you. And of course you please connect with me and follow me on social media. Uh, That's Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, Twitter, and just at Drayvon James. You'll find me there. And then lastly, my book, Freedom is Your Birthright, is available on Amazon.com. That's wonderful. Wonderful. Well, thank you. And thank you for offering that to our audience. Oh, you're very welcome. 
Yes. Well, it's been a pleasure talking with you again. I would love to have you on anytime. Oh, thanks for having me. I'd love to come back. Super. Radiate Wellness is a community of holistic and alternative healers and consultants based in the Kansas City area dedicated to helping you create spiritual, energetic, and physical well-being. To learn more about our practitioners, services, classes, and events, or to schedule an appointment, visit us at radiatewellnesscommunity.com. Are you ready to ignite your best life and illuminate the world? I'm Stephanie James. I'm a motivational speaker, transformation coach, and psychotherapist. And what lights me up is helping people just like you create the greatest versions of themselves. On my podcast, Igniting the Spark, I will help you ignite your joy and reach new heights in your personal and professional life. Join me for some incredible conversations with authors, spiritual teachers, and other influential thought leaders to help guide you on your way. If you are ready to stop playing small, join me for Igniting the Spark on the mindbodyspirit.fm network or wherever you get your podcasts and ignite your best life.